Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512-836-0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1-877-590-KLBJ. Well, good morning. Feels like we got a cold front. It's only going to be 95 today. Woohoo! It's amazing how much cooler it feels, right? Just eight degrees. And not that it's cool, but it's dang a lot better than it was. So, hey, I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, landscape designer and builder. Pretty much retired now. Uh, But uh, today I just want to talk about your issues, your questions, your comments. And uh, also would like to um, suggest Kevin Wood Landscapes. Dot com. That's the website, kevinwoodlandscapes.com. If you have any projects that need doing, uh, we're talking native plants, organic methods, lighting, irrigation, great design, construction, build what you need. So um, go to the website. There's a contact page on there, and hopefully you will consider Kevin Wood Landscapes as your uh landscaping company uh but what do you want to talk about today because i know it's all really about watering and you know what's happening to my blah 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 and i'm happy to talk about whatever you want to talk about and here are the numbers if you want to call or text 512-836-0590 is the number we do have a long-distance toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590, call or text. And I was looking at some of the texts from last hour, and this one that Jeff didn't get to, uh, somebody asked about a plant called Petty Spurge, P-E-T-T-Y-S-P-U-R-G-E. Petit Spurge. Um, it's a euphorbia. It's It's got a milky sap, and it's definitely a no-no plant for here. Uh, it is uh, very toxic, very aggressive. It, it'll, it'll, uh, it's, it's native to parts of Europe and Africa and places far, far away from here, but it'll, it'll kill a horse or a cow or anything else that grazes on it. And it puts out a poisonous sap from its roots, so nothing else will grow near it. So do not fall for petty spurge. It is a really bad idea. Okay, 512-836-0590. Let's go to the phone lines. And Linda, West Austin, how's it going? Linda, are you there? Can you pot Linda up for me? I'm having a terrible time hearing you. Oh, okay. Uh, can, are, you is it, can you hold on? Let me ask you. We, we had a, the wrong setting on your uh, call. Are you okay to hear me now? Uh, perfect. Great. How can I help as, you? As usual. <laughs> What's going on out there? Okay, uh, last November, I planted uh, two Burford hollies on the east side of my house, and I already had four other ones there, and I wanted to continue the hedge. 
And uh, in March of this year, I had a, a reputable landscaper come out and plant some more plants. In addition, three additional Burford hollies in the back, the south side of my house. Well, the two November Burford hollies started, the leaves started turning black. The branches, the massive leaf drop, the branches started uh, turning black as well. And I've pulled one of those up. And now that's on the east side of the house. On the south side of my house, the Burford hollies seem to be starting that leaf drop with the leaves turning black. Do you have any idea? And, and, and the four old, 10-year-old Burford hollies are fine. Do you have any idea what is going on well, there? Well, the first thing I would ask is what kind of soil modification did they do? Do you know when they planted the new ones? Well, I planted the two last fall. I will admit that I had some um, uh, some type of a um, something to loosen the soil. I live in an area where they built it up, and it has a lot of clay in there to build it up. So I put some. Um, Oh, man, I, it's not perlite, but it's uh, some type of mulch uh, that's supposed to go in first. I planted that down there. I put a little bit in the hole to make it uh, more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. And the uh, landscaper that came in in March did about the same. They modified that hole a little bit. With the mulch stuff. Well, well uh, with, it's not <clears throat> called mulch. It was something else and um sure on my mind uh is it all here today well all i will I remember uh, what it, it, was. it sounds to me like it was something that happened at planting uh it could have been this uh amendment whatever it was that you put in there it may be holding too much water not enough water you'd almost oh. have to stick your hand down in there to see uh it sounds like they might have uh also, the other thing that can happen when you put something like that down in the hole, you can get, if, if it's an organic material, you can get anaerobic decay. Meaning, if you went there and stuck a shovel down the side and smelled it, it would smell like, you know, sulfur or sewage or something. If that's the okay. case, that's how you can rule that out. But I, I, it sounds to me like it's a a water issue based on the soil amendments. I would call them back and see if you can get them to, um, you know, go back to uh, look at them and see if there's anything they can do to help you. Okay. Um, all righty. And it, um, so the, the main thing you're telling me today is to get down there and go to the side and see if I smell if it has some type of an odor. Right. And if it doesn't, I mean, it could be water-related, so you got to put your hand down in there, you know, just take a little trowel or a sharpshooter, get it, you know, stick it down in there and push it back and forth out on the edge of the root ball and see if you can stick your hand in there and see if it's sopping wet or bone dry. You know, either one okay, could perfect. cause this. All right? Okay. All right. Well, All hopefully right. that you helps so you. Much. Okay, sweetie. Thanks for uh, calling. I will Thank you. Yes, Bye. ma'am. Bye-bye. Okay, Gary, I see you holding there, but we're just fixing to go to a break. I think it'll be a pretty short one, so...
in order to give you plenty of time, I will get you on the other side of this. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. Let's go right back to Kyle and take Gary's call. Gary, thank you for your patience. Oh, that's fine. Thank you, Mr. Cheryl. Um, a couple of years ago, I could talk to you about planting blackberry plants. Mm-hmm. And you gave me some ideas, and you told me to call the or talk to the master gardeners in Hayes County. I did that, and that was so helpful. Good. So about a year and a half ago, I planted them. I planted uh, Kiowas. K-I-O-W-A. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was my first harvest this year. My goodness. It was amazing. Really? That's so cool. Uh, the blackberries were an inch and a half round. Wow. Sweet. They're, I thought they'd be real seedy, but they were just, there were seeds, but very few. I mean, I was getting five quarts three days a week. You lucky dog. Did you set up a little farm uh, stand? <laughs> It was absolutely amazing. Oh, that is and great to hear. The one tip I want to give listeners, because they're afraid to plant blackberries because of the thorns, and they are thorny. And what I did was I used to weld years ago, and I had an old leather welding jacket. And I put my welding jacket on with leather gloves, and the thorns didn't even bother me. You didn't, you didn't even know you had thorns there. <laughs> I mean, it was real... and. I also trellis them. I made my trellises six foot tall, three foot wide, and I run wires every two feet on both sides. So yeah. I was able to tie them along those wires as they were growing. And that made a huge difference, too, because I had about four or five that I did not do that to, and those were an absolute mess. Uh-oh. But the blueberries or blackberries were just as good, but... They were harder to get at. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, so is Kiowa a, a, a vining or a bush by nature? Because uh, they could be uh, trellised even if they're bush form. I mean, they're yeah, just, I would say they're a bush. Yeah. But the, the guy that really helped me on that part was I bought them at Wimberley Gardens in Wimberley. Yeah. And he was the one that suggested that I trellis them because I didn't even think about doing that. And he said, oh, look up the Arkansas webs- or college website because they, they go through all how to do that and everything. So after he told me, and then I come home and I was watching that, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. So that's what I did. Smart. And uh, it was just amazing the amount of blackberries I got this year. Now you just have, trouble. You have to cut those producing canes, those two-year-old canes. Once they produce, they won't produce again. Correct. So. And I did that last week. and. They're very, it's real easy to figure out which one to cut because they actually die. Oh, that's good. They're self-pruning. Yeah, the new, canes are, <laughs> the new canes are a lime green, and the old canes just look like old bark. Oh, that's great. So, well, I'm yeah. so proud of you. Thank you so oh, much was, for reporting on this. Well, I wanted to, I kept wanting to call you. I just haven't had the time, and uh, I was like, I got to call her and yeah, thank her. Yeah, you've been too busy picking blackberries, lucky oh, dog. Oh, it was, it was absolutely, <laughs> and the neighbors and the friends and stuff, they're like, you got any more blackberries? <laughs> At least it wasn't a bunch of zucchini, right? So you didn't have yeah, to hide exactly. <laughs> drop them off in the middle of the night. Well, thanks so much for letting us know, and good luck with your next crop. 
Okay, thank you. All right, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. It's head somewhere in Austin. Richard, how's it going? Richard, are you there? Is he potted up? I can't hear you. Yes. Uh, oh, there you are. Okay. How can I help you? Uh, I want to let you know how I, I, I had trouble with... Richard, I can't hear you. Hey, I'm going to put him on hold. See if you can get him a better connection. Oh, he dropped off. Dang it. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text, or you can use the long-distance toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Somebody texted me, said... uh, Petty Spur, oh, uh, I'd like to know about this plant. Then he said, I stepped out of the room for a minute, and I just missed what you said on the Petty Spurge. Then another text from the same person says, Blush Bush from Australia. It produces berries. Don't know about that kind of stuff, but I do know that Petty Spurge is to be avoided. It's a very toxic plant, non-native. We don't need any more of them. Um, it'll kill a horse, it'll kill a cow, kill a dog, probably kill you if you ate it. Um, and as I said earlier, it exudes a toxin from its roots, so nothing will grow near it. So we don't need that kind of stuff around here. Um, and I don't know about blush bush. I don't know where you're finding out about all this stuff, but it's uh, out of my purview, if you will. All right, here's another text. Good morning. I have a couple of questions. To get lantana to bloom again, do I snip the spent blooms or do I snip a few inches from the tips of the branches? Also, I have a part shade area where the water softener and AC condensation discharges, so it is often wet there. Is there a small tree that would do well in that environment? P.S. I have heavy deer pressure. Small tree... Well, I have a Mexican buckeye. It would do well there. Also, the red buckeye or the yellow buckeye, the native Esculus arguta, um, those would also do well there. Uh, Let's see, what else would do there? Probably a possum haw. I don't know how small you want this tree to be, Um, but they'll take that little bit of extra water. Mexican plum would do, too. It would love that extra water. Um, So you might want to think of one of them. If I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But those would be some of my first. I'm trying to think of something that's not so drought-resistant that it couldn't stand that water. Um, But anything that will grow on a creek bed would work there. You might want to look at the wildflower.org website. Uh, when you go on there, go to click on native plants, and then you go down and it'll give you lists of things. And there's a list of things that you can put to uh, plant along a creek or something. And that would be really informative. I mean, I can think of shrubs that would work. I mean, beautyberry would work. Button bush would love that. But those those aren't really trees. Um so, but that list will give you a 
a good idea is probably stuff I'm not even thinking of. So, okay, let's. Richard's back. Let's see. Richard, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, now I can hear you. I, called, I had trouble with my pear trees and peach trees with varmints getting fruit. Yeah. What I did, I took barbed wire and wrapped about five five rings around the lower limbs. And that way they can't get up in the tree. Oh, did that help? Oh, yes. Oh, I would think so. Barbed wire. That old, that old, that old gotcha wire is the be, be best. <laughs> what a great idea. I never would have thought of that. And then you just then, take it off. One reason I have, I've got five pecan trees here in my yard, 50 years old. And I used to have bumper crops. Now, they very, well, this year, I have five trees. I've seen four pecans. Oh, man. That's. And I don't know what to do about that. Uh, well, it could be a nutritional thing, could be a water thing. Um, there's a whole bunch. Do you ever go on the computer? No. No. Well, there's, um, I don't know if I, I, I mean, it's it's too big of a, of a subject for me to probably try to talk about on the radio, but there is um, a program for fertilizing and watering and stuff, pecan trees. Oh, let me see if I can um, get time to, to list some of the highlights of that. Uh, but definitely you would be looking at probably a soil amendment, maybe. Uh, he, several years ago, I heard A&M said that nitrogen is all they need, but I don't know about that. Well, it just depends on why they're not producing. I mean, they rest about every seven years or so. And, the, and so if you've had some real good production, but then one year you don't get good production, they could just be resting if you're doing everything right, you know. But uh, if you're seriously interested in production, you really do want to put down some organic fertilizer, um, the window for the second round was around the first two weeks of June. But you can do it again in September. It kind of depends on if they've got good uh, blooms. Around the first two weeks of June. Okay, Richard, I, I'm having a lot of phone trouble here. I'm going to let you go, but if I think of anything else, I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you so much for the call. All right, let's go to Cedar Park. Hey, Lee, how you doing? I'm all right. I got two pomegranates up. Last year, and they're green and looking real good. But when do they start uh, producing fruit? Uh, you mean how old do they have to be? Yeah, old and uh, have a month or a year. Whatever. Uh, let's see here. If I I got my uh, my book out here. Uh, let's see. You harvest them in the fall, uh, so they. They should be blooming in the summer. Are they blooming? No, no. That's why I'm, I'm worried now about it. Yeah. Well, what about the type that you bought? Do you remember the name of it? No, no. I removed the tag. Okay, so this is something I just want to bring up, and I'm not saying that this is what you did, but there's two kinds of pomegranates, the kind that's just ornamental and the kind that bears fruit. And so, a lot of times, if you don't know what you're looking for, you can accidentally get the, the um, you know, the kind that's just pretty. Right. And and oh, so, um, it would probably be 
something with like a wonderful uh, is supposedly one of the best fruit setters. Um, so I don't know where you got it, but maybe you could go back and see if they, you know, have anything. And the other thing that I would say is that if yeah. they're not getting enough water, I mean, once they're established, they don't need a ton of water. Uh, in fact, they're they're just real easy to take care of. It may not be quite old enough. You said you just got them when last year? Yeah, last year. Actually, I, I stopped. Uh, there was a lady having a plant cell, and um, I bought them from her, and I didn't even ask any question. But it's, yeah. And, uh, well, lots of them are just ornamental, so I'm going to see what happens if if they bloom. You know, don't overwater them. If you give them more water than they need, then they're just going to put on beautiful leaves and no flowers. So you may want to back off the water if you've been watering them a lot. And, I have. And, I have. Okay, we'll see if they bloom. And if they bloom, then you'll either get fruit or you won't, and then you'll know. Okay. Well, good well, luck. I hope better. that helps. Uh, All right. Bye-bye. My fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll be back right after the news. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. <clears throat> we have lines open. If you want to call or text, 512-836-0590. I forgot to answer part of that question um, the lady that had a, a wet area, and I was talking about creep, but she also wanted to know about to get lantana to bloom again. Do I snip the spent blooms, or do I snip a few inches of the branches tips? Um, you don't really have to, but like most natives, they'll bloom, then they try to go to seed. And so that, uh, you know, and once they do that and they drop the seed, what have you, they'll go back and bloom again. It probably would hasten the process for you to deadhead it and keep it from having to produce seed. That's what I tell people to do with salvia gregii and stuff like that. Um, so I think you can do it if you want to give it a little slight hedging. I wouldn't cut it too much, though, because you don't want a whole bunch of new growth trying to spring out in the you know middle of a drought. But, yeah, I don't think it would uh, hurt if you have time to do it, then that works um, and it'll probably will help it bloom faster. Um, okay, blush wood bush from Australia. Do not know a thing about it. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see what else I got here. A text. Oh, today's pictures. Yes, the figs are huge and starting to turn. I picked these semi-early and we'll eat them as they brown today. Wow, you got some pretty produce there. That's, uh, oh, those figs are gorgeous. You lucky dog. All right, let's go to Pflugerville for our next caller. Hello, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. So my question, my question revolves around a live oak tree that I had uh, had to cut down uh, after the ice storm that we had several months ago. Mm -hmm. um, I left I left about three feet uh, on the stump um, just for decorations, and now I have several um, 
sucker roots or sucker branches growing out of it. And I was wondering, can I clip those and either put them in water or soil? Is there a way that I can get those to grow? I don't think so. It's typically we we don't do you can't grow a a, a woody tree from a cutting. There's okay. there's some elaborate kinds of procedures. You may want to read up on it, but no. I mean, the other thing that you could do is kind of leave them and see if one becomes very dominant, um, and the, and it can become sort of like a, a main stem problem is it's always going to be weak right there where it's coming out of the trunk you yeah know what i'm saying it's coming out right right at the very top along uh, along the ridge and uh-huh. uh, i mean i yeah so it's kind of you know the way it's coming out looks kind of funny it looks more like a bush right well, now yeah, <laughs> you got a live oak bush buddy <laughs> yeah but no i don't I think that you'll have any luck doing that it would be much better to just get rid of the stump and start okay. over with a new baby tree or All right, tree. I appreciate that. And just uh, one quick follow-up question. I was told when you do plant uh, transplants, like uh, for our garden, if you put a little bit of sugar in the water, that that's helpful. Have you ever heard that? Because I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a little bit of carbohydrates. It's like a, you know, how you'll hear a lot of people say put molasses in, you know, in the sprays mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. it, it's just a quickie um, pick-me-up, if you will, and it's food for the microorganisms in the soil, so oh, it cannot hurt okay. a thing. All right. Well, thank you for for everything that you do well, uh, thank for the you. community. Appreciate, Appreciate your it. call. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, I'll be darned. Jobby's calling. I don't know what his call's about yet, but we'll get to him in a second. Let's see here if I can do another text right quick. Um Good morning. Wondering how to get more lavender production. And the rose bush is looking poorly. I put it in in 2009. What nutrients do rose bushes need yearly? Thank you. Well, they actually don't need a lot. I don't know which kind of rose this is, but it never hurts to put compost around a rose, and you should always have it mulched. And it's a really good idea when they leaf out... Well, most of them are evergreen, and I don't know what's wrong with yours. It might have got freeze damage. Uh, But an early spring, a few springs with, um, say, um, liquid seaweed, that can help the leaves a lot, and it gives it a lot of micronutrients. It also makes it more resistant to powdery mildew, and that's one of the few things that roses tend to like to get. As far as your lavender, I think you need a bigger pot to get more production. That's a pretty small container, uh, although it's very full for being small. But I'd pot it up or put it out in the yard. It's a knockout rose, she says. Yeah, a knockout shouldn't look like that. Um, You can do a light pruning on it later in the summer, like August. Prune it back a little bit, and it should come back and bloom for you. But... Check the soil. Make sure it's not too uh, compacted. Make sure it's getting enough water. It doesn't need a ton. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look great, does it? It looks like it needs a little help. Make sure that soil's loosened up around it. All right, let's go to Mission Valley. Jobby. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? I'm good. I sure appreciate all your fun things you send me. (laughs) Well, thank you. Say, I have a friend that got some os trees. Um, and just little old sprigs. Do you know anything about an os 
tree? Well, I, through the years, this has come up, and there's supposedly a fast-growing yes. tree. Let me just tell you something, Dobby. I don't know how long have I been in business. Forty years, have never seen one living in a single yard. Oh. So I wouldn't spend my money on it if it was me. They do grow fast, though, or they- well, supposedly, but who knows what kind of soil they? I don't know a lot about them. Um, okay. All I he's know is to, I've never seen a successful one in Austin, Texas. I think he's trying to use it kind of like a screen. Well, that's how they sell them. Yeah, fast growing screen. But I, I wouldn't. I'd rather use a native if it was me. Yeah, I would rather go with Yopon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not as fast, but much better. Hey, I got to do a break. You want to hold or you want to go? I'm good. Enjoying you and Jeff. Thank Every you, week. sweetie. Thank Bye-bye. You. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. I got a few texts here to go through, but if you would like to join the show, it's 512-836-0590. That's the call or text number. And we have the uh, long-distance toll-free line, 877-590-5525. So, again, 512-836-0590. Okay, this one is for Ashley in Drippin. Hey, Cheryl, I've previously asked you questions about my lime tree, but this is my pink lemon tree. Um, I've gotten maybe a handful off of here, but it's not really doing much right now. Two questions. When do these normally produce? Also, this was just a little guy when I got it about two years ago, maybe two feet tall. As you can see, it's almost touching my roof now. Do I need to trim this or just keep letting it do its thing? Uh, Do you think I should put it in a bigger pot? So, yes. uh, Question number one. It should have fruit on it now. Uh, They bloom in the spring and then the... um, Lemons get ready in the fall, sometimes late fall, too. Uh, And it absolutely needs a bigger pot. That pot is way too little. thing about people don't get it, lemons are big. They make a pretty good-sized tree. So you can definitely cut it back. I wouldn't do it right now, um, but you can do it after it finishes production in the fall if it does have any fruit on it. Um, But I I think you're not going to get much as long as it's in that pot. If you have a real protected little place, you could put it around the house. You could put it in the ground. Um, But it needs a bigger pot. And, you know, here's what I usually tell people. Don't move it into a much bigger, 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 bigger pot. Uh, Otherwise, it's just going to put on roots and you're not going to get anything on the top. However, this being a tree... I think you need to go up at least, you know, two, three pot sizes. Um, And yes, they can be pruned to keep them shorter. Again, I just don't like doing that in the heat because typically they're evergreen and that will just get them to put on a bunch of new growth. Well, we don't need that right now, okay? We don't need a bunch of new growth, but you can do it in the fall after uh, you get the fruit. Okay, here's another one. Um, my St. Augustine is thinning out. Any idea what is going on? Picture of fertilizer I've been using for two years or so. So thanks. 
I don't have a picture of fertilizer. Um, but it can be thinning because of compaction, you know, uh, no nitrogen. It's too hot to fertilize it right now, though. Don't do that. But we can do that again in the fall. And you want to be sure it's not too, the soil's not too hard and compacted because that's one thing that'll get it to, you know, start thinning out. The other thing is too much shade. Um, you don't tell me that kind of stuff. But um, as far as the fertilizer goes, I don't know what you're using, but time-release organic fertilizer is what we recommend here. And you, again, you do that typically in April, but you can do it again in in October, and that'll kind of help winterize it a little bit. So, um, good deal. All right, let's see. Good morning. Wonder, wondering if these will do good in potted plants. I cannot see what that is. I see the tag, but it's too far away. I can't enlarge pictures on this stupid messaging program like I could on the one we used to have. Uh, let me, text me real quick and tell me the name of it or take a closer up picture of that flowering plant and then I'll let you know that, so. Okay. Hi, Cheryl, we have several Fortnite lilies. We've had for several years that never seem to flower or spread. They probably only get two or three hours of full sun a day, but plus another four to six hours of dappled sun on the east side of our house. But we heard they need a lot of water to flower. So I'm just wondering if you think the issue is with them not flowering and if we can get them to flower. I think they need a little more sun. Um, that's, that's my personal opinion. I don't know how you're doing on watering, but... The main thing to do is if they start to put buds on, that's when they really need some attention. Uh, they may not have, you know, the proper nutrients. I would look for if you want to try to fertilize them, not right now, of course, but you get, again, you could do a time-release fertilizer that's got uh, this formulated for flowering plants and not something you'd use on the grass per se. But my, my thinking is they may need a little extra sun. So you would think it would be enough for lilies, but it's um, – and they can take some shade. It's not that, but I just don't think they're getting enough sun. So that's my two cents. I hope I'm right. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, should limes wait to be picked like lemons? Not necessarily. It's funny, but those little... I had a friend once that had a Mexican lime tree. And yeah, they got to get ripe, so you don't want to, you know, pick them. The only way you'll really know is to pick one and cut it open and see. But but basically, uh, they can produce a lot earlier and faster than lemons. lemons. And by the way, the color of the lemon I've been taught on this show isn't necessarily... Uh, a key to the ripeness. So again, it's if you may just have to cut them and um, you know figure out whether they're ripe by tasting them. Okay, let's go to the phones real quick. Merlin in Georgetown, your turn. Good morning, Cheryl. Hey. Uh, you did a couple of projects with me about 
30 years ago and one 15 years ago, so it's my 15-year check-in, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thanks for the business, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have built a retaining wall out of some very large random-shaped boulders. I need something to plant in the gaps that will have a good root mass that will hold the uh, dirt in place. Ooh, where to begin? We have so many things. One thing I love is the trailing wine cup. Another would be uh, Woody Stenobia. How's that spelled? S-T- what? Woody, S-T-E-N-O-B-I-A, Stenobia. It's a silvery, ground-covery, beautiful little plant. It gets purple okay. flowers. Um, the Another wonderful one is Greg's Dahlia, D-A-L-E-A. Not widely available. You may have to get it at a special store, but Greg's Dahlia, if you can find it. Um, McIntyre's might have it. Uh, and then, of course, things like Verbena would work just really good. Uh, you could throw in some fun things like trailing germander. Just have some fun with it. Okay. Do you still do your come out and survey and walk around and advise thing? I really don't these days. I, I uh, But there are people in the company that will come out and do that. I'm, I'm having some problems walking these days, which I hope Ooh. to get repaired. Yeah. But I just I can't take the heat and I can't walk very much, so it sucks. Oh, okay. And now oh, I know yeah. what Daddy said: getting old and for the faint of heart. So, all right, I gotta let you go. The okay, show's over, but th- good to hear from you, Merlin. Thank you mm-hmm. for calling. All right, guys, I'll try to hit these um, these little texts here before I leave. But listen, thank you, guys. And again, if you need a project, please consider Kevin Wood Landscapes. Dot com. That's the website, and I will see y'all next Sunday. Have a great fourth.